Hey everyone, it's Jessica here. We just wanted to let you know that we are switching things up the next couple weeks. We had the opportunity to record with Natalie Hodson on her podcast, Pulling Back the Curtain. If you aren't following her and you aren't listening to her podcast, you should go check it out now. We thought you guys might enjoy the interview, so we are sharing it here this week and next week. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Hey guys, so I am here with some friends of mine. I have Matt, Jessica, and Steve, and they have one of what I think is the coolest stories and co-parenting relationships that I've ever seen ever in my whole life. And so I messaged Jessica and I actually binge listened to all of their podcasts. Like one day I was in my car and I could tell you like every point in Boise where I was listening to each of their different (laughs) stories. And it was funny. I was at the mall when you guys were talking about your cat shoes. And so it's funny (laughs) because I was like around store shoes and things. And so I definitely recommend you guys going and listening to their podcast because it's amazing or their podcast. Um, But they have a unique twist on their story that I think is really cool. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have them on the podcast because they really seriously pull back the curtain and they don't leave much off the table, if anything at all. So with that being said, I'd love it if you guys could kind of introduce yourselves and maybe kind of quickly talk about yourselves and then the podcast and how the idea for the podcast got started. And then we have some fun, juicy topics we're going to talk to you guys about. (laughs) So I am Jessica and I was married to Steve. He is my ex-husband and Steve is gay and then I am now married to Matt, and Matt is not gay. He's straight. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. You got one of the two. If yeah. I did that twice, that would be a bummer. And Matt and I are— But to clarify, Jessica didn't know Steve was gay, or Steve didn't even no, know he was, he was gay. gay when they got married. No. Yes. So that was a process that we went through during our marriage was— Steve coming to terms with the fact he was and gay. And that's what we share on our podcast. That is what we share on our podcast. Yes. And another dynamic to that that people find interesting is Matt and I are both Mormon. We're Latter-day Saints. And so that kind of creates a different dynamic as well that people kind of have a hard time wrapping their heads around. Which, of course, <laughs> makes it interesting as co-parents that our daughter spends half her time with me. And, you know, I'm not Mormon. I live a very open gay lifestyle. You guys are very Mormon. It's, you know, one day to the next, she gets a very different experience yeah. yes. in life. and But we make it all work great. And we do. And the three of us get along together. Well, that's the thing is I, I think that a lot of times you just broke, you opened up that, well, I live an open gay lifestyle. Well, it's like, okay, well, we live an open, an open Mormon lifestyle. Right. And a lot of times the stigma is, oh, Mormons are very closed off and don't accept that. Right. So. I always tell people that you're the good kind of Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That you guys live the way you live, you're the way you want to live your life, and you support me living the life that I want to live. And that's- yes. Well, and what I see is you guys are just so like very loving and accepting of 
people, not yeah. like yes. roles or boxes that they okay. have to fit inside of. For sure. And just for you guys listening, I actually grew up Mormon too. So Which my, we just realized. I know. These know guys didn't know that. So I was... Yeah, for the couple of years that I've known Natalie, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I was baptized actually back then when I was being baptized. I was 10 because my parents were arguing over who got to baptize me because my mom wanted her dad to, my dad wanted to. Anyways, my dad got to baptize me. So my brother and I got baptized on the same day because we're only 15 uh-huh. months apart. Uh-huh. And we got baptized inside the Salt Lake City Temple grounds. So oh we used to, they used to have a baptismal font underneath the tabernacle. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I was baptized. That's so amazing. They don't do that anymore. But no, they don't. Much cooler yep. place to get baptized than and there. And then I was beehive president, my maid president, oh super active. Yep. <laughs> and then my mom actually ended up getting excommunicated from the church. And so when I moved back with her for high school, I was never against the church or anything. We just stopped going. And then when I met my husband, my ex-husband, I was 19, and he wasn't LDS. So I've never had bad feelings towards the church. It's just kind of been something like we just, we weren't actually planning to talk about religion in this (laughs) topic. But yeah, so that's, I, I mean, I identify as like a Christian, you know, but yeah. we don't even go to church so that now, often. I was just going to ask that. You go to church? So a lot of times I go to Rock Harbor right here just because yeah. I love the, I love, when I leave, I just feel like a better person. That's why I yeah. like going. Yeah. But I always say a lot of my church is in the mountains. And so yeah. most weekends I'm outdoors, I'm hiking, and that's when I feel close connected and connected and that's when my mind gets clear and I really can see what I want with my life so I so get that yeah, yeah. exactly I do too. and it's yeah. not in any way like an anti-church an anti or anything like that it's just for me personally you know I do the things that make me feel happier and sometimes yeah. that means going to church sometimes that means going to the mountains and sometimes that means being at home with my kids, you know? Right. Yep. That's great. Okay. So anyways, um, we are going to talk about some fun, juicy topics. <laughs> so just so you guys know, we actually just chit-chatted for like an hour before these guys got here. I was joke, you guys, that I have like probably have undiagnosed ADD because my brain is like, squirrel, shiny <laughs> object, squirrel. Garden. Yeah. So I showed them my garden and I was telling them about my dating life. And some of the craziness there. And um, we said, you know what? That would probably be a really interesting topic to talk about. I know that I'm curious, Steve, to ask you some questions about, especially living here in Boise, Idaho, where there's not, well, actually, I'm assuming, I don't know the answer, but I would assume there's not a ton of gay men. Like, how do you, do you date the same way we do as far as like hopping on a dating app or do you just bump into people? Like, so I want to dive into that because I'm really curious, but I'll also open up. I'm starting to blush right now, you guys. (laughs) So um, usually, I know this podcast is called Pulling Back the Curtain, but I have tried to keep a lot of my dating life private just because, I don't know, I feel like, especially when you have a big social media profile, like people are nosy and so they'll like... I don't know. And it, when you're dating somebody new and then you don't want to have to tell the whole world, oh, it didn't work out. Oh, we right, broke up. Right. Or, oh, there was this drama. Or, like, it's painful enough as it is without bringing the whole world into it, you know? But I'm willing to tell some of these stories. So, yeah, it's got to be equally juicy on both sides of the recording table here. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, it. Dang it. And then you guys are going to have to come up with some juicy stories too. So, we've got some okay. stories. <laughs> so, before we hop into that, you guys, I definitely recommend going and listening to their podcast because it's so fun. I mean, you really feel like you're sitting around a kitchen table with friends and they go into some really, really amazing dynamics of like, 
how they were still active members of the church when they, I don't know if the, is it, do we find out that you're gay? I don't know if that's the right phrase. Came to terms. Came to terms. Came to terms. Okay, there you go. Was gay or, so if I say anything like, I am totally fine. You will not offend me if you correct me while we're talking because I just want to make sure. I'm, and like, Natalie, I'm in the same boat as you because I'm learning a ton about that. The gay um, community. Yeah, the, that community. and Terminology. Using the right terms. And I think, yeah, we just talked about earlier that that community was kind of angry at me because I didn't know some of the terms. or, or But not that they were angry. It's just, yeah. yeah. Like annoyed a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just <laughs> so. And for me, it's from a genuine, like, natural curiosity too like like I've never had anybody in my family that's been gay so I've just not been exposed to it and one of the guys I dated the fire guy actually um his <laughs> his brother is gay and so I actually got to sit down and have a lot of really good conversations with him in the best way because it wasn't awkward it wasn't like judgmental at all it was just like I was genuinely curious but I never felt close enough to somebody that I could ask questions yeah. you know yeah. it's kind of like now I have girlfriends that I go to and I'm like like when I first got divorced I was so scared. And I like called my girlfriends and I asked all the questions. I was like off topic questions. <laughs> Anyways, sorry for I'm sure. digressing. So let's start with Steve if you're okay with that. Sure. So let's say you guys have talked about you were married and then the marriage split up. Did you start dating right away? If you're okay with <laughs> with, ask, with answering oh, these questions. Yeah. Jessica's got a big grin on her face because <laughs> <laughs> I heard a lot of the juicy details of you dating, quite honestly. And, like, met a lot of his boyfriends. And then every time he broke up with them, I stayed friends with them afterwards. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's like, I'm st- I'm not going to introduce you to any more of my boyfriends. So that's why I have a big grin. <laughs> that's funny. Was that hard for you to have her be friends with your... It's always been hard for me to, like, mix these various different worlds of mine. Yeah. And they're obviously mixing a lot lately with this <laughs> podcast and such. But, so, yes, it was hard, like, mixing... My relationship with Jessica, mixing my, you know, my relationship with my daughter, mixing relationship with friends versus dating. It's just, and family, you know, like my my family growing up. And so, I don't know. It's, it, yes, it was very hard to mix these worlds as the answer. But um, Did you start dating right away? Yes, I started dating right away. I mean, in episode one, we talked about me falling for Sebastian, which was basically the catalyst for me coming out and, you know, us ending our marriage. He and I... We're together for the rest of my time in Oklahoma City. So I basically, I mean, I fell in love with the first guy I ever was ever with. And Steve, are you still in love with that guy? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although interest- we did date again three years later. He and I tried again, but that's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> but So Steve went straight from our marriage to Sebastian and then came back to... Yeah, Jessica and I tried again. So we Sebastian dated and again. I broke up and I moved back to Boise where Jessica. So before lived. we hop in too much into the dating stuff, can we talk about that for a second? Like sure. so one of the things that I mean, I get messages almost every single day from women saying, Natalie, I just found out that my husband wants to divorce me, or I just found out that my husband had an affair and I don't think I want to leave, but how do I navigate through this? Or situations like that. Like we mm-hmm. took a set, we separated for a while and we think we want to recoup. And sometimes, oftentimes I feel like I'm not qualified to always answer the questions that I get. But what I do love doing is sharing stories and examples of other people who have gone through it. So 
What was that like for you guys? So you, I think if I remember correctly in the podcast, did you move back to Idaho? Because you guys were living in Oklahoma at the time, right? We had just moved to Oklahoma. Like we'd only been there a few months. And so I didn't know anybody and I was just yeah, like, we had like one couple friend from yeah. church and like, but and no how old other was ties. Penny, like a year, a year a and year. a half. Yeah. Oh, two years. It was right before her second birthday that okay. I actually left. So I was like, I'm going home. We owned a house in Boise. And so I left. And yeah. I supported. I mean, it was just kind of a, it wasn't even, it was just kind of a given that like, if mm-hmm. this wasn't going to be us anymore, then yeah. you were, you would go back to Boise where your family is. And yeah. Anyway. So I moved back. And I started dating right away after we got divorced, too. Yeah, Jessica does not waste any time. Well, she, <laughs> she divorced me and, like, I shouldn't say she divorced me, but, like, the divorce was final real quick, and she was dating real quick. Well, but, and you guys can only listen, you can't see, but Jessica's gorgeous and so beautiful, <laughs> and she just has this personality. I've always thought this from the second I saw you, even on social media, Jessica, like, she has this warm but powerful personality where she's, like, cute, beautiful woman, but like you embody this power to you. I don't know how else to describe it other than like when people are around you, you make people feel very loved, you know? Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious, like going back to the original question, how would you navigate? How did you navigate through it and how did you cope with it? Like dating again or the divorce? No, the divorce. And so just finding out that he cheated on you, like obviously there's this roller coaster of yeah. So I think it was important to me. Like, I, I kind of knew this was a possibility because I had known he was gay for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And so when it happened. And you guys were open about that, right? You would yes. talk about it. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't like a hush-hush thing you no. knew. Within our were, marriage, we were very open about talking about the fact he was gay and, and relating to each other within that realm. I wanted him to feel as comfortable as he could in his own skin to be able to navigate that. To like, I felt the more comfortable he was in who he was, the better chances our marriage would stay together. Because you have to be who you are. I guess, so my question for for you right now, like if if somebody's feeling like maybe their husband or their wife is cheating on them, like would you recommend like just bluntly having a blunt conversation or would you tiptoe around and try and find out for yourself? Like, Oh no. (laughs) Oh no what? You can't tiptoe around. Like you can't like be a spy in your own marriage. I don't feel like it leads to just trouble. So I do think there has to be a time when... You, you got to trust each other. You got to trust each other and you got to try and talk about it. Like you have to confront it. And if they're willing to talk at that point or not, that's their prerogative. But The other thing that I would say is that when we were going through our initial divorce, I just remember thinking once your mind was made up, there was no going back. And I didn't really know a lot of people that had gone through divorce. So I just thought... I just thought the decisions made. And I I still don't think the end result would have been different. I still think we would have gone through the divorce. And I wholeheartedly believe he's happier now and I'm happier now. But I wish somebody would have told me, like, you can, like, take pause for a minute. Like, you can be mm-hmm. separated for a while. And that doesn't mean you're doomed. Your marriage is right. doomed to end. Like, you can yeah. take some time and come back and potentially work through it. Lots of people do. And for me, once we separated, I just, a flip was switched in my brain where I just didn't think that was even an option. And now in hindsight, I don't know, I wish I would have had a friend or an older sister that would have said, just take a pause for a second, take some time to be separated, and then maybe we can figure this out or not, you know? I mean, we've separated and divorced and we're moving on, but I at least really struggled with that loss. I mean, the costs 
were huge for me. Mm-hmm. I still loved Jessica because that's another way we got divorced. We didn't get divorced because I loved you any less than I ever had. It was just we both knew that this was not like an authentic path that we weren't what we needed at that point anymore. Or at least I don't know where I'm going with that. But my my point is like I really struggled with saying had I tried everything I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't say yes. I couldn't answer that question yes, which is why we gave it another go. And I moved back to Boise and we said we were going to give it, I thought we had said we were going to give it six months, but I read in my journal, we actually said we were going to give it a year. Oh, I didn't know we put a time on it. I just knew Steve we were going to try. I guess I put a time <laughs> on it. I only made it halfway. But so what, what did that <laughs> conversation we, sound like? I mean, did, When Steve came back, like uh-huh. when we dated again? So I texted him. I remember... I was dating this guy and it was getting serious. And this was, I mean, it was fast, but I knew what I wanted at that Always point. Is with you. <laughs> I knew what I wanted and how I wanted to be treated and everything. So when I saw that line up, I was like, okay. And this guy had told me, you know, that he would marry me and stuff. And so I was like, oh my gosh. So I sent Steve a message one night and I was like, hey, you have mentioned moving back to Boise. And I don't know if that's for me or for our daughter, but if it's for me, you need to do it now. Like I'm falling in love with somebody else, but I'm still willing to make this work. And I I felt the same way as Steve was just saying. Like I did not want those regrets. That I wanted to know we had tried everything. And and were you guys officially divorced at this we point? We were officially divorced. Yeah. How quick was the divorce? Within two months. Oh, right. wow. Yeah. That's we were very great. amicable. Just got it done. Mm-hmm. Steve was already living with somebody else. So I was like, let's just get this done. And so he called me like that night or the next morning. It was like... I want to try and work this out. I remember when I got the text. For some reason, I remember it being a phone call. But <laughs> I remember when I got the message. <laughs> I was driving past the Botanical Garden. The Botanical Gardens again. Here they come, <laughs> in Oklahoma City. And I just had to, like, pull over and just... I just remember, like, my head just spinning and just, like, spiraling down, thinking, like, this door is closing, and clearly I am not okay with it closing. And it was just, like, panic. Of, like, I can't say... I couldn't say that I had tried everything I possibly could to make this relationship work and ultimately in conjunction with that to make to manage these homosexual feelings of mine that for so many years I had been you know what I thought was managing them and anyway that's what led up to So the guy you were dating did you tell like was that a hard conversation to have with him to say It's so interesting to me cuz like I told him and Steve was going to move back like a few weeks after that or something. And and I broke up with him. I was like, listen, this is, you know, I can't drag you along any longer. And he kept like showing up, man. He'd be at my door. He was helping me with anything I needed. It was my birthday during that time. And he like made sure to like support my birthday. And I mean, he was there and I was just like this poor kid. And actually I dated him again after Steve and I stopped dating. <laughs> did you know any of this stuff? No, I don't, I don't know even remember so that. You just, to rem- just to remind yes, you guys, Matt is Jess's current husband. And so he's hearing some of the backstory from before yeah, you guys met. For the first met. time, <laughs> this is real vulnerable. <laughs> so yeah. And like us dating was a complete mess. Hmm. Quite, and we tried hard, and we were very open with each other. But it was. Did you move back really in with rough. each other? No, no. Okay. So, like I separate apartments. So and, yeah. they're, again, they have the Mormon standards. Jessica's not going to waver on the Mormon standards. Trust me. It was very strict. Like, so we, can I ask this question? It was back to dating. You can ask because you had been married and obviously sleeping together. So then, when you're dating, you 
Don't we sleep did not together. sleep together. We didn't do it. We didn't do I mean, anything. That, she wouldn't like, even let Steve touch her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like literally it was back to. Baby. Like, and I knew my, my lines of like where I could get to. They with, wouldn't even fart in front of each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Literally back to dating again. Like it was really interesting. But, so did you feel resentment towards him at that point? Oh, no. No, because we'd been so honest and open with each other. And that's, I think, what it comes down to is if you're going to try again, you have to be willing to, like, let go of that resentment. I mean, you've got to be honest about it that you're feeling these things. But I really believe that you have to acknowledge what you need to work on, what they need to work on, and come together and be honest about those so that you can both support each other in that. And that's what made the difference for us is we were both willing to listen to the other person without taking it personally. So I think that was a huge thing because there was a lot that went on when you're dating that. Dating again? Dating again. Do you have any suggestions? So I know like I've been cheated on in dating relationships and I, one of my good friends, she and I were talking about this recently because she also has had infidelity in relationships. And I remember talking to her saying like the hardest part is like you want to forgive the person, but sometimes you have moments of overwhelming sadness. And I remember talking to her and saying, you know, there's, cause I, I knew details that I didn't want to know of infidelity. Yeah. And I remember there were times where I literally like just would shake my head to try to get the memory out of there. And I know I've had a lot of women write in saying that they want to forgive their husband or their spouse, but they just don't know how to shake it. You know, how to shake the hurt, the betrayal, the, like, what advice would you give somebody in that situation. The first thing that comes to mind for me is like, you got to find the confidence in yourself again. Cause that's, I mean, a lot of where that distrust comes from at that point is you feel like I wasn't good enough. I didn't satisfy him. I didn't, whatever it was, you know, and so he left for somebody else, which isn't true. And so you got to find that confidence in yourself and really repair you to be able to let that back in. And I don't know if that's truth for everybody, but I definitely know that was true for me. Natalie, how did you find confidence in yourself again? Therapy, 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 therapy. No. And that's huge. Yeah. um, I wouldn't say therapy gave me confidence, but it gave me awareness. So exactly for me, um, it did exactly what you said. It made me recognize that it wasn't about me. It was about him. And I'm not talking about my ex-husband, by the way. I'm talking about like guys I've dated since then. And it helped me recognize like what were my patterns that like for me personally, I dealt with. So you guys that have been longtime listeners of the podcast know this, but I had a mom that was in and out of prison most of my life. So I didn't realize I had these issues because I thought in my head, oh, I've got all my together. My business is good. My kids are good. I'm a good mom. I've, I'm healthy. But it wasn't because of the relationship aspect. I couldn't ever get right. And what therapy helped me realize was that I had a lot of old abandonment issues that I didn't even realize was there. And so I kept picking guys that, I knew would eventually just leave because I just expected that Mm -hmm. that was always going to happen to me. And those were issues that I didn't even know I had. And so therapy was really helpful because it helped me pinpoint that. And then that acted like a ripple effect for everything because it just helped fix so many other areas of my life when I never even realized there was a problem. You know, I just thought I'm good. I'm, you know, I've got my stuff together or it's not that big of a deal. I can handle it. So I think therapy is good to, um, just like you said, finding things that make you genuinely happy. Like for me, 
you know, going into the mountains that like resets me. That makes me happy taking care of myself physically. And not because I want guys to think I'm hot because it actually makes me feel feel better about myself when I'm working out my, I can say I'm going to do something and then actually do it. And that's a powerful thing. And and Jess, I think that's what you turned to as well was taking care of yourself and Mm -hmm. yeah, fitness and running. And I think like what you're saying is spot on. Like you got to recognize those issues and deal with them. And there are things that come up that like, you know, you have to be open with your partner about like, hey, this is something I'm that's real for me and that I'm struggling with. And I need you to be sensitive to that little thing to help me gain my confidence in that area, to help me feel good in that area. You need to tell me this every once in a while. You need to communicate whatever it is, you know? And I think that makes a huge difference. I think that's true. Even if you're married, even if people listening to this that are married, like I know for me, I just had this conversation with the new guy I'm dating, actually. Maybe we'll talk about that in a second. Mm, It comes out. (laughs) But I told him, I said, I have a tendency when I get stressed to just shut down. If I feel overwhelmed, I won't communicate very well and I'll start to shut down. And I said, I said, I know this about myself. And so if you sense it, just tell me I'm doing a good job. Tell me it won't feel like this forever. Remind me and like help me go for a walk or do something outdoors. And usually that combination can get me out of it. And it's extremely important for him to recognize that it's not him. That's what I was going to say too. Exactly. Then he knows this isn't an issue with you guys. It's Right, because it's never an issue with whoever. I've done it with my employees. I've probably done it with you, Matt. (laughs) You have told me me So Matt and I work together in a business relationship. Sorry, that probably got perceived really weird. (laughs) 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 We we don't have any surprise announcements here. Oh my gosh. No, Matt and I. There's enough weirdness in these these relationships. (laughs) Matt and I um, work together. So he runs a company called ShipZoom. And so they ship out all of our protein powder and and our physical version of our books and our DVDs and, and all those things. Yep. So. <laughs> um, okay, so let's jump back to So I think that was really helpful. I know if anybody's listening, I think it's just helpful to hear stories of how other people worked through it. The other thing that I would caution, and I'm sure you guys would agree too, is just it's so hard in the moment. Like you're, you feel like you're going to feel that way forever. And it feels, at least for me, it felt overwhelming and hopeless and you feel broken but it does get better with time. And the other thing is like, it's so easy to want to lash out in anger or say bad things about your ex and just like try as hard as you can not to, because it never serves you in the long run. Like your kids will remember that stuff, you know, and that usually doesn't help at all. It doesn't help anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we both make a conscious effort. I know I try very hard to only ever speak in fact, not that it takes an effort to not speak negatively about you. That's not Whatever, what I'm saying. My, but I make an effort to speak very positively about you. Yeah. Like Penny has heard from me a thousand times what a great mother she has. Yeah. And how great it is that she got to do these, you know, whatever whatever thing it is that's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I only ever want to show encouragement to our daughter that I support see the relationship she has. I support it. I respect her mother. Mm-hmm. I look up to her mother for so many reasons. And yeah. I just think that's important for kids. And vice versa, yeah. So you moved back to Boise. You guys mm-hmm. tried dating again. That didn't work. And yep. so then, did you stay in Boise or did you leave for a while no, after been that? In, been in so Boise you've been ever here ever since. Yeah. And so, what was that like coming back to Boise? Did you run into people that you knew? And is that a conversation you have with somebody? Like that was rough because mm-hmm. uh, we had lived obviously in Boise together, married, and yeah. Now it was hard for me to. I basically assumed any relationship I had prior to this that was based on someone who knew me and Jessica or knew me in the church 
this was a, a wrong assumption to make, but I basically made the assumption that that relationship is done, mm. that they won't want anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. And unless they did something to show otherwise, that was kind of my assumption. And that was a very hard thing. That was devastating to For think sure. that you lost any like, that I just lost the whole world. A whole, exactly. And uh, we ended up in a ward back in church. Well, we, we actually, since we lived in different apartments and we actually decided that, what did we do? Did I, go? I went to my own ward, a separate ward from you We lived while. in the same, so we lived in the same church boundaries. Like, so we're in the same church congregation. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember at some point I was back in, in the same, in a church that had a lot of the same people. Yeah. That you and I knew together. That's where we, we were, were yeah. when Matt was in our oh, yeah, same one. Yeah. So can I ask, because I haven't been an active member of the church for a long time now, what was that like when you came out to the church? Are you still allowed to be an active member of the church? Like what, could you talk about that for a second? Or I had a disciplinary council or a church court where the most intimidating freaking thing in the world, <laughs> you sit down at this giant board table with 15 dudes and 15 gray haired dudes in suits and ties basically and confess your sins. And then they deliberate and decide whether or not you get to continue to be an upstanding member of the church or an active member of the church or if you get excommunicated or... Just your temple um, recommend taken. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to put that in terms that someone would know that's... Oh, right, right, right. That's not... In the church or not in the church, but... So I went through one of that, one of those. So did you have anger after that towards the church? I didn't have anger necessarily, but I had... It was the last thing I did before I left Oklahoma. Literally, like, the day before I moved back to Boise... I had my disciplinary council and I was disfellowshipped, meaning I wasn't excommunicated where they take away my church membership. I was basically, it's like probation. Mm. You can still go to church. You just can't like actively participate. You can't teach any lessons. You can't, even if someone calls on you in a class, you can't make any comments. You can't say any prayers. You're just, you're just basically there as an observer. And that was super hard because I was always used to being really very actively engaged in the church. And I felt like I lost, like that feeling of everything's going to be okay. I lost that. Mm-hmm. Like I just, Ugh, I have, I'm going to tear up actually because I, I have so much empathy for you right now because that had to have been one of the loneliest feelings ever. You feel like you're losing your identity, changing your identity, but in a way probably feeling like you're losing your identity, losing your family and your wife, which you weren't. They're still here, but probably mm-hmm. in the moment that's how it felt. Losing the support of your church, which in the past had been very supportive. Mm-hmm. Like, did you go into a dark place then? And if so, how did you work through that? Um, it was a very dark six months. And like, I just had the hardest time. Like I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted to try again with Jessica. I knew I wanted to get past this and get back to where she and I could rebuild our relationship. But I just, I could not even see how, I couldn't see anything past like, I, I just couldn't picture what life looked like beyond right now. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't see what tomorrow was. I couldn't see how we were going to move forward. I couldn't see what this relationship would look like. I just, I had no ability to see any kind of a hopeful path. Like, there was no light at the end of the tunnel is mm-hmm. basically what it was. So if somebody's listening right now and they're thinking, oh my gosh, he's describing how I feel right now. What's one piece of advice you would give to them? Like, is there one thing that kind of helped you or is it just time? Really, when that went away, it was when... Jessica and I finally had the conversation of, like, we've tried everything. We've tried long enough. We need to embrace what these paths are, separate paths, and decide what this is going to look like. And that, 
it was, it was basically the moment that I quit trying to force myself down a path that I thought I should be on and embraced. I need to find a natural path for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like it came back, that feeling of it's going to be okay. Like, you will get through this. And cool. So I think it's along the same lines of, like, well, Steve, how did you get that confidence back? Well, I really <laughs> think the difference there and what made that difference was I just, I had to listen to what my heart was telling me. I had to just put everything else aside and do what I felt I needed to do. Mm. And unfortunately, I was very torn about what that was, and I felt very selfish in doing so, but that's what got me back to a good place. So, Matt, can I ask you the same question? Because the three of us have kind of talked a lot, too, but you went through your own divorce, and there was kind of a battle there for custody, wasn't there? Or was it kind of messy when the divorce was happening? I, I don't know all the details, but kind of the same question for you. like. So it wasn't messy with right when the divorce was with the kids. It got messy. When did it get messy? It got messy a few years after. Mm. But in the divorce, like, I mean, I found out that there was infidelity. Mm-hmm. And kind of the same thing is trying to find that confidence again of figuring out it really isn't me. There's other things I can't control mm-hmm. and coming to terms with that. So, Yeah, I think that's kind of the common theme here, you know, mm-hmm. is like Ricky always says, out of your control, bro. And it's like, you know, <laughs> there's things that are in your control and there's things that aren't. And I've even said that mantra to myself over and over. Like when you think like, why did this happen to me? And almost shifting those like why questions to how questions, right? So like, Instead of saying, why did this happen to me? Like your brain will naturally find ways to fill in the blanks to the questions. So if you have like, why did this happen to me? Instead of like, okay, how can I work through this? Or what is one thing I can find today that will make me happy? Or what is one thing I can find that will make me grateful? And shifting the question, because we don't really think about the way that we think, right? It's just how we think. But if you can shift your questions just a little bit, at least for me, that's helped me get those glimmers of like, hope in those hopeless moments. I think Jessica is the best person I know at being able to recognize this is a scenario that I cannot control. I will not let it get me down. I will choose how I react to this and I will move forward. Well, going along with that, like from a young age, like I remember teenage years thinking I will never ask myself why something happened to me. Like I'm not going to be the victim And then taking on that other, asking a different question. What am I going to do with this? What am I supposed to learn? How am I going to learn from it? And just move forward because there's nothing I can do about it. Right. Asking why, why me doesn't help me. I was shocked at how quickly we were able to get back to a good place and like start our new, like establish what is this going to look like as co-parents going (laughs) forward. And I, I was shocked at how quickly you were able to say, I don't want bitterness and resentment to be the prominent feeling between us going forward. So I'm choosing not to let it be. And That's we move on. Awesome. And you were able to let go of that so quickly. And, and it almost seemed so easily. I know it was not, but it was just amazing. I've always been envious of how in control you are of your emotional reactions to things that are out of your control. Because I'm not that way. I don't... I, so one of the things that I learned going through my divorce and through finding out about the infidelity was putting the ball back in their court, mm-hmm. right? We could ask the question to ourselves, why is this happening to me? 
Or we could go to our significant other and ask, why did you do that to me? But that usually gets us nowhere and it just stirs up anger and resentment. So, you know, I stopped thinking and started feeling of, okay, how can I put this back into her court and let her make the decisions that are going to help me make my decisions? Mm -hmm. And so the way that I did that is I let her know that, hey, we got married for all time and eternity. I'm willing to stick it with you for eternity. And so that placed the ball back in her court to make that decision. And that is something that I can't control, but Mm -hmm. she could control that. Yeah, I that's think that's good advice. Goes back to dealing with like, did you, did I do everything I can do? Mm-hmm. Like you committed, even yep. with all the issues. But yeah, yep. And you can't change somebody else, no matter how hard you want to. <laughs> and nope. Don't, and don't try. All right, you guys. We really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Husband in Law. If you did, please take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag us. Also, don't forget to go follow Natalie Hodson and her amazing podcast, Pulling Back the Curtain. We'll finish our interview with her next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Husband-in-Law. All right, now we have a challenge for you. We challenge you to go give someone a huge hug or send a simple gratitude note who needs to receive it specifically from you. If you've enjoyed this episode and you haven't subscribed yet, please be sure to do so now. Also, don't forget to give us a review. We read every single one of them. Until next time, keep striving to make your relationship the best it can possibly be.